pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 274. Today I'm going to chat with Joe Weaver from Wolfpack Armory, discuss persecution of gun companies by Podium, highlight a new suppressor from FN, and talk about an arrest made over a Facebook post. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Joe, how are you doing today? Uh, not too bad, Ava. How's it going? Things are going well. I did just get back from my trip last night, so I'm trying to get back into like the groove of things and like any of these industry events, it's just like, go, 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 go. And so I'm like, kind of just trying to catch up on, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I feel a little sleep deprived. Yeah, for sure. And then I was in Florida with Smith and Wesson and Gemtech. And so Florida, the time difference is two hours ahead, but man, that really like messes with you. Like even to catch my flight, I had to wake up at 1.30 AM my time, which was 3.30 there. And then yeah. I have to wake up at 6 a.m., which is like 4 a.m. my time. And it's just, I don't know. I'm like, all right, let's just play some well, catch up. We're three hours off from Vegas. So anytime, you know, every year we go to SHOT Show, it's like, you know, lose so much time on the way back. We're just drained. Have to take a whole week to catch yeah. up. I know, I know. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people. And yeah, so these events definitely drain you. But Speaking of Smith & Wesson, we had Jerry Mikulik there, the new Smith & Wesson ambassador, Travis Kennedy, and it was just a lot of fun. So we got to shoot some of the new guns that are coming out. The Smith & Wesson competitor, they just launched it last week. We did some competition shooting with that. Jerry gave us a class and, you know, gave us a lot of pointers and stuff, which I was really appreciative of. And then Travis gave us some pointers with a rifle. So it was really fun. But that competitor that they came out with, it's really nice. I don't know if I've talked about it, but maybe I talked about it the last show, but it comes with four magazines and it's optic ready, has the mag well so that you can, you know, do reloads a lot quicker, really nice trigger, ported slide. And really, I wish that they ported the barrel. I think that's the only thing that's missing. And that would have just made this gun like phenomenal. But what's crazy is MSRP on this gun is only $9.99 for like a thousand dollars less than a thousand dollars like you're walking around with pretty much everything you need to get into competition and i can say using that when we did some competition just some friendly competition with everyone there it works great and you're definitely able to you know manage that recoil really well like i said the trigger's great it was just a phenomenal gun so if you guys want to check that out head on over to smith-wesson.com and find out more about that gun and all the other great things that they offer. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so tell me a little bit about your background before we start talking about Wolfpack Armory. So what led you to where you are now? Uh, so I actually, you know, back in like, uh, I think it was 2012, right at the beginning of 2012, I started the company. You know, we got our FFL. And honestly, back then, really all I was doing mainly was, you know, personal protection stuff, uh, concealed carry classes. And, you know, I'd, I'd sell some guns here and there, stuff like that. 
my background is actually in petroleum engineering. So I, uh, for about four years there, I ran, you know, a hydrocarbon lab. So we did, you know, gas analysis and, and things like that. A lot of field testing. I mean, that industry in, I think it was 2016, that industry kind of started to, you know, I kind of just, I saw the writing on the wall with the company and kind of just wanted to get out of it. So we kind of hit the full-time on a Wolfpack Armory. And, you know, I mean, I started out of a, just a single cell garage with like a little uh, desktop homemade CNC machine and I started, you know, doing, doing some engraving, milling out some 80% lowers and stuff like that. And, you know, we just kind of went from there. So, you know, my background really isn't too much actually to do with, with what I actually do now. So it was a learning curve Mm -hmm. for sure. But yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how we got everything started and how I got into it. Just kind of out of necessity to do what I could with the skills that I knew back in like high school, I used to work at a hydraulic shop. So I learned to do uh, some machining there. Um, And then everything else, I kind of just, you know, all the CNC stuff, I kind of learned on my own. Nice. When you started Wolfpack Armory, I mean, was there like a need that you felt wasn't being fulfilled and you were like, all right, we're just going to start our own company and, and fulfill this need? So at the time we started doing things, you know, the number of like people doing Cerakote wasn't as crazy high as it is now, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a big thing we got started doing was like, just even, even with like local dealers and stuff, just offering these services, you know, I'd I'd always done some painting and kind of, you know, just learned how to, you know, how to apply Cerakote and it look right and Mm -hmm. go on right tolerances and all that. So, you know, we kind of started doing that. And then from there, as far as actually expanding the company into being able to sell a product, you know, our, our biggest thing was offering Cerakoted products, you know, so mm-hmm. we do them in, in, in a little bit different colors than, you know, we, we kind of do like some bronze and a little bit of OD green and stuff like that versus, you know, FDE was just like flooded everywhere. Any, yeah. any company with that. So, you know, just kind of offering more customized type stuff is really what got us that start. Nice. And then from there, you guys started working on guns, correct? Uh, yeah. So, you know, we started, you know, I, I had owned one AR when I started doing this full time. I'd never even really done much more than field stripping it. And, you know, the, the market was kind of really booming. We had a, a lot of guys start bringing us ARs and, you know, we just kind of kind of saw, you know, from, from disassembling and assembling a lot of different types of guns mm-hmm. you know we all where you know hey this system or this way of doing it has has proved to be a lot better than this and and so on and so forth so you know we kind of took that information and used it once we started actually getting you know capabilities to make our own products gotcha and so tell me about the WP47. So that's actually how I found out about you guys, which it's basically like a hybrid combining the AK47 and the M16 platforms, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so basically, it's, it's, a, it's a AR that takes AKM magazines. So, you know, chamber in 762 by 39. But the thing with it is it does, because of the magazine it takes, I guess it does not have certain features of the AR, you know, like mm-hmm. hold, hold, 
last round and things like that. Um, our lowers, we actually don't even put a bolt catch in because it would actually interfere with where the back of the magazine would sit. You know, it, it would it would sit too close. There's not enough tolerance there. Mm-hmm. But as far as that goes, yeah, it's, you know, basically a, a modified AR-15 upper bolt carrier barrel, everything like that, but it takes AK impacts. Gotcha. And how hard was it to design that? Because I've put together... Well, I put together once uh, an AR that was chambered in 7.62 by 39, and I did some research, and a lot of people attempted to do the same, but they failed at it because there's just so many things that have to be right in order for the entire you know gun to cycle properly. And so even like magazines played a major role, the bolt carrier group, like the weight of that. I mean, there's, there's a lot more than just like, okay, you pick a few pieces here and there and change it out, and then like, you know, you're all set. Yeah, so as far as the actual design and getting a working gun, yeah, every everything you noted there mm-hmm. are potentially problems, you know. So most of the things, you know, we've been able to address as far as an actual AR and 762 by 39. So the biggest issue with that is going to be the fact that you're using a tapered casing and on an AR-15 magwell, the first, you know, what, two and two and three quarter or so inches of that magazine is going to have to be straight. Where you notice any AKM magazine, whether it's a 74 or a 47, is going to be tapered, you know, is going to have that radius the whole way down. And what that does, that actually accommodates for that tapered casing and allows it to feed a lot more steady. So your biggest issue with 762 by 39 ARs is the magazines that are available. You know, outside of that, the other issues are going to be the fact that your bolt face on that bolt is a lot bigger than that of a 556 just because, you know, the the casing itself's larger. So, you know, you need the extractor itself has to be beefed up a good bit. The metallurgy on the bolt itself has to be spot on the heat treating has to be done right and also i guess the third and final issue is going to be you know the firing pin your typical ar-15 firing pin is actually a little bit too short to actually puncture some really hard you know primers because most of the 762 by 39 stuff guys even everything we use to test fire is all steel case ammo Mm -hmm. it's going to be even military surplus ammo so, you know, if they've got some really hard primers on them, you're not going to be able to puncture. So it requires a little bit longer firing pin with, you know, a, the so the tip protrudes almost almost twice as far, actually, as an AR-15 would. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense, actually. I'm going to take a quick break, talk about primary arms real quick. If you're looking for a good LPVO, Primary Arms has their GLX 1-6x24 FFP scope in both the ACSS Griffin M6 and Raptor M6 reticles. The GLX is their mid-tier range, so you're definitely getting some premium features and rugged construction built in. It even has swappable Tourette's, so you can have them capped or exposed for quick adjustment. 
It has a full 200 MOA of elevation and windage adjustments so that you can zero it on just about anything for long distance. They also have premium quality gas for extra clarity and included a rugged throw lever that bolts onto the scope for quick adjustment. Check these out at primaryarms.com. Don't forget to use the code AVA, that's A-V-A. And when you purchase the GLX 1-6x24 FFP optic, you're going to get a free one-piece scope mount. And that is with every GLX 1-6x24 optic. Again, primaryarms.com. Another thing, when I was looking at your website, I noticed your guys' prices are like, I mean, really great especially with inflation going up. I mean, we've seen an increase pretty much in everyone's prices uh, across the board, but I mean, you have like, let me go back. You have PCCs like the WP nine pistol on sale right now for six fifty, which yeah. I mean, it looks like a phenomenal gun. I really like the way that you guys design your lower and right there where like the magazine goes, I really like that design. I mean, it's definitely like a nice clean looking gun. I don't have any experience with your guns, but so far, I mean, just looking at it and the way that it was designed and the price point, I'm impressed with that. What is it that you guys do that you're able to keep your prices so low? So when it comes down, especially when you're talking about the PCC stuff, which is probably, you know, we're, we're trying to get other stuff out there, but it's probably what we're the most known for right now. Mm -hmm. The way we can do that is basically, you know, manufacturing the parts here. You know, not in this industry, there's there's a lot of manufacturers out there that do, you know, either source their own proprietary design or just use existing parts on the market. And not that we're 100 percent different. You know, there's there's always going to be those parts that there's only one company in the country that just has machines turning those out all day, every day. So it's not really worth anybody making in-house, but all the critical stuff on our nine millimeters you know, all that's made here from raw material. So that gives us kind of a, a competitive advantage there. But aside from that, you know, we do also believe in, we try to find that balance between quality and, and fair pricing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a, a lot of stuff you see out there on the market is, you know, kind of, I'm going to say inflated a little bit. You know, we you know, like I said, we believe in the best products you can get for the money. So, you know, we have anything though, just due to kind of the, the way we do everything, you know, anything can range from right now, we have that on sale at 650 all the way up to you get into like our CSR models, they're $1,900. So, you know, all that, all that's going to come down to, to features as well. So the more, let's just say patented parts, that we're using that are made by other companies and stuff, usually the more the price is going to go up. But, you know, with that, that's going to be kind of, you know, the companies that own the patents and also determined by the quality that, that goes into and the value that goes into adding specific parts to the guns. Hmm. Very cool. Actually, tell me about the WP5K PDW pistol. That's the one gun that's on your website. It doesn't have a price, but it says visit dealer locator page to find your dealer. Is that like a yeah. limited gun? Yeah. As of right now, we're running that as a limited run. We got those as that's actually the one receiver that we do that we actually don't do in-house. Hmm. And it's something that's on our list. And we're probably going to get to, but that actually takes MP5 magazines. Oh, okay, cool. So 
pretty sweet setup. You know, it takes MP5 mags. That one's got the like SBPDW brace on it. I believe it's a six and a half inch nine millimeter. So, you know, it's a nice little compact setup for personal defense use, but it's kind of also a niche market because it does take the MP5 magazines, which aesthetically kind of look better, but they're not as common on the market as the Glock magazines are. So, you know, like I said, it's something that definitely sets it aside looks wise, but isn't quite as big because of the amount of, you know, guys that use Glock magazines versus the guys that have MP5 magazines. Very cool. And then also I noticed that majority of your guns, almost all of them actually, they're side charging, which I really like. When did you guys start doing that? Yeah. So those are going to be on all of our elite models. So that's non, they're, they're Gibbs non-reciprocating side charging uppers, you know, Gibbs arms, owns a patent on those. And we've kind of partnered with them to offer those on all our elite models. And they, they really do have a lot of benefit, especially when you get into actual, you know, operating, having accessories and optics on your gun and stuff like that, it makes it a lot, you know, just a lot more ergonomic in that sense. You know, you got, you, you think you got about six inches that your charging handle sets forward from where it would set. So, you know, from the shooter's position, you know, with the stock in your shoulder, you're not really having to pull your face away or anything like that, actually charge your mm-hmm. weapon mm-hmm. yeah no i personally i like it better especially because i just don't have a ton of upper body strength so like holding the gun out there and kind of manipulating everything that's kind of like the charging handle just seems like i still have a good grip on the gun i can charge it without moving you know adjusting my entire position like it's just i don't know it's very weird like how ars in the first place were designed you know And it's almost like you have to take your hand off the grip in order to, I mean, you do in order to charge and lock the, the bolt back and it's very awkward. So I'm, I'm actually surprised that more people aren't jumping on the side charging, you know, game, if we're being honest. Yeah. You got side charging. And then, so another thing we do, even on all of our rear charging setups is we make like an ambidextrous charging handle so that, you know, it's, it's going to be. Basically, we designed it. There, there's so many on the market, and it's kind of like, you know, hey, do we just use somebody that already makes it, or is it worth, you know, but we use so many different ones, and I guess it's a little harder to describe without seeing it in person, but basically, when you pull the handle, it doesn't go, you know, it stays further forward than 90 degrees, so your hand is not likely to slip off of it you know we had used like gas busters and stuff like that for the longest time and just the way they're designed when you actually pull the handle back to charge it you know it kind of back further than you know 90 degrees perpendicular to the upper and your hand wants to slide off of it so you know we kind of designed one that's just got a really good good grip on it and everything like that and it can be you know manipulated from both sides so even even on our, our standard models, you know, our, our base price might not be competing with some of the more budget-friendly brands, but that's where we come in with kind of a quality standard where, where we have a lot of these upgraded features that people are going to put on their guns. We offer them factory. 
you know, so two stage trigger, uh, ambidextrous charging handle, all stuff like that right there, you know, someone's going to spend at least probably $200 on just those two upgrades, mm-hmm. um, market side of things. So yeah, absolutely agree. I'm going to take another quick break real quick. Talk about Mantis. If you guys are wanting to train at home, definitely check out the Laser Academy. It's a great visible way to train affordably and safely indoors uh, using just dry fire methods. Their standard kit comes with a choice of calibers for the laser, you know, depending on what your gun is chambered in, a carrying case, two tripods and phone holders and target stand holders for $150, or you can get the portable version for just $99, which would actually make a really great Christmas present as well. It gives you everything that you need to practice with your smartphone app and improve your skills without the cost of ammo. Their system is the most robust one that I've ever used and gives you tons of insights on your shooting and it tells you what you're doing. If you're giving it too much finger, too little, if you're slapping the trigger, maybe you're limp wristing it and all of that. So it definitely helps you to make those corrections so that you shoot a lot better, whether it's dry firing or on the range. If you want to check these out, head on over to mantisx.com. Let's talk about the more expensive gun that you have, the CSR 5.56. That actually is a compact suppressor ready gun, correct? And it also has like the law tactical side folder. Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, you know, CSRs, we kind of designed in conjunction, we work with local law enforcement and some uh, private security agencies that were looking for certain features in their guns, you know, basically guys that actually use their guns looking for certain features. So, what you know, they were wanting something that could be made a compact, you know, less than 24-inch package and could be used, you know, basically with suppressed fire. So, you know, that's kind of where we came up with the CSR. It has, you know, every upgrade that you could think of. You know, it's got law tactical side folder on it, you know, two-stage trigger, ambi selector. Uh, it's non-reciprocating side charging. It's got a Mark III handguard on it. The only, we're actually about to do a little revamp on it. We've been talking to probably not going to put it out there. We've been talking to a, a well-known suppressor company, let's say about using their proprietary system and making our own muzzle device based on that system. So probably coming up here, I'd say by this spring, we'll probably end up seeing that upgrade to the CSRs. Nice. So they'll actually press mount on them. There's just the reason we haven't done that yet is because they're so so many different suppressors out there that we kind of, you know, some guys using just surefire and another guy has dead air, you know, where do we fall with what suppressor mount, you know, Mm -hmm. should we add? But I think we've kind of got a pretty good system. We're working out with the company now, and I think it'll be beneficial. Nice. uh, End user at least. Very cool. And then I also noticed that you guys just sell parts as is so that people can build their own, which is cool. I mean, for all the different platforms and stuff, are all of your different platforms available for builds or is it just a select few? Um, so we pretty much offer, we're actually doing a little revamp on the website to get a little bit more like small parts. So here pretty soon you'll be able to buy any, basically any part that's on any of our guns. You'll be able to 
purchase uh, from the website. But as of right now, you know, basically any upper, any lower receiver, and then all of our proprietary parts are two stage triggers, charging handles, uh, you know, our flash comp, stuff like that. That's all available to purchase. And, and honestly, that is probably the majority of our business right there is, you know, in small parts because we, you know, we do have some pretty, you know, we do have some pretty good parts that we offer for good prices. Very nice. Cool. Okay. And are there any other future plans that you can share with us? So we've got the current, you know, the current thing in the tube here, I guess would be, we've been pretty heavily looking into the, you know, bufferless type, let's say uppers. So right now what we're working on designing and it's, it's going to, hopefully it's going to be able to go across the board. So we're going to be able to do it on the 47 on our AR 15s and on our uh, PCC guns. And that's, you know, basically kind of a, a bufferless upper that's, you know, short stroke piston driven and, you know, dual recoil spring in the backside. Mm-hmm. So we've uh, used like the BRN uppers. The, I think it's a, it's the BRM 180s. Uh, we've modified those to work with our WP-47, so the AKM mag lowers. And, you know, we've got a lot of, generate a lot of good response from that. We've had, through our testing, we've had really good results come from that. There's just a few things about that system itself that we're not, mainly, you know, mainly the reciprocating charging handle that we're not too big on. So we're kind of looking into, like I said, designing a system ourselves, you know, that along with a, like a side folding, I guess a SIG, like an MCX or something like that style rear stock. Okay. So it'll, you know, 1913 Picatinny rail and, you know, be a nice side folding stock. And the benefits of that is, and it's not that it really has a huge practical you know, it's not something you're going to do very often, but, you know, the benefits of that is it can be fired in that closed position. Hmm, nice. Um, given the, the whole recoil system is, is integrated into the upper rather than being, you know, in the, in the buffer tube. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. <laughs> and then for anyone who wants to check out your stuff online or follow you on social media, what are your handles? Uh, so... Instagram is going to be at Wolfpack Armor USA, our old account. I got it hacked because I'm an idiot, so <laughs> it doesn't work anymore. But it's the new one. We're at Wolfpack Armor USA, and then on uh, Facebook, we're just Wolfpack Armory. Okay. All right. Very cool. And then your website? Yeah, that's going to be uh, wolfpackarmory.com. Okay. Did you already say that? I don't know. Oh, I don't know either. <laughs> I'm like, oh, clearly. Okay. <laughs> you're good it's a little jet lag yep okay mm-hmm. awesome well moving on with the rest of the show so today in politics politics what is going on in the world today it's political AF. podium goes woke 
Podium, a company that calls itself the country's leading communication and payment platform for local businesses, has declared war on the gun industry. The company is best known for their texting and messaging marketing services. This last month, they changed their terms of service to make all firearm-related businesses and activities or transactions prohibited. This comes after Podium bought exhibition space and pursued businesses with gun dealers at SHOT Show, according to the NSSF. Jessica Kiefer, vice president of Sportsman Shop in Earl, Pennsylvania, has been paying Podium $360 a month for the past year to manage their online chats and text messages with customers. She recently got an email out of the blue saying that her account was being deactivated that linked to their terms and conditions. She said that Podium had helped increase her store from 300 to 800 Google reviews, increasing their search ranking. Podium had approached not only Kiefer's store, but their buyers group and many more firearm companies. They exhibited SHOT Show in 2021 and 2022 and advertised in NSSF's weekly newsletter, actively pursuing customers in the gun industry before the abrupt 180 change deciding to discriminate against lawful commerce. No word on how many firearm dealers are currently using Podium, but their promo says they power more than 100,000 local businesses to facilitate millions of customer interactions and payments. Podium also now refuses to work with companies that sell alcohol. Podium's not responded to requests or comments about their policy changes, but this whole thing is weird. And actually, I didn't even know what Podium was until recently when I became a shareholder of DCF Guns, and they actually were using Podium. And just within this last month, they decided to change. And I'm not sure why. I actually have to reach out to one of the employees because I'm not sure if they also received this notification or if they were having issues with Podium and they just decided to, you know, to drop Podium. But either way, it's good that they found another company. Anybody who does use Podium in this article that I quote, it says another company Otter Text, so O-T-T-E-R, has stepped up to help companies that were kicked off Podium. So if you guys are looking for an alternative, that might be a good solution. But this is definitely just another example of how activists are trying to cancel the gun industry or other industries that they don't like. You know, I mean, we've already seen it with banks, social media, and now marketing firms are coming out, you know, from all angles just to prevent us from doing lawful business, which is ridiculous. But I mean... It's just so weird that they would actively pursue firearms-related companies and now just overnight change, you know, their terms of service. So very weird. It had come across a lot also um, from even our end of just, you know, corporate America, man, they, they change their mind all the time. So, yeah, I mean, we've definitely been, you know, a, a company that is in that retail space. We've definitely seen and had the issues you know mm-hmm. and end up which pay higher rates um we've had customers of ours other dealers you know have the same type of issues so it's definitely you know it's definitely a, a wide known issue in our industry and this is talking I mean, i'm talking about retail stores as well yeah absolutely franklin armory Once you try binary, you're never going to want to come back. Thankfully, Franklin Armory has triggers for a ton of different platforms now. 
I just recently installed one on my AK. Just like the other binary triggers, if you fire the first round, flipping it out of binary before you let it up on the trigger, it will cancel the second shot. You know, you're not just stuck with binary mode. You can shoot it in binary or semi-auto. And then, like I just said, if you are in binary mode, you want to cancel that second round. All you have to do is flip it to safe and it cancels that second shot. Lots of different options. And it's one of those things where it's like, why wouldn't you put their trigger in all your guns? If they make a binary trigger for it, because you're, you know, you're not stuck with one or the other and you have the options of both right now, I think they have their normal AKs as well as like the nine millimeter versions. They have them on sale for $449.99. But if you use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, you're going to get 10% off your entire order. And that is FranklinArmory.com. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's Q&A. Have you heard any more about Oregon's new ban? Lawsuits against it are still pending, but some good news has happened this week. So the judge in the case granted a temporary restraining order blocking enforcement of ballot measure 114 for now. And even bigger news, the Oregon Supreme Court denied a request from the state DOJ to review the judge's decision. So the restraining order will remain against enforcing the new ban during the case. Even then, so the case is far from over, but given how liberal the Oregon Supreme Court is, this is actually, I mean, honestly, pretty surprising. So there might be some light at the end of the tunnel, but I'll still uh, keep you guys up to date on how all that is unfolding. IWI, if you're wanting a shotgun that will turn heads, definitely check out the TS-12. The TS-12 is 28.3 inches long overall, but still has that 18.5 inch barrel thanks to the bullpup design. One of the coolest things about it is the three tube rotating machine. So each tube can hold four three inch shells or five two and three fourth inch shells. They have a full length top rail for optics and lot slots for accessories on the sides. You can also get them in FDE or OD green. Now, in addition to the standard black, they have a two position gas regulator and they take Benelli chokes, which also means that you can suppress it. Check these out at IWI.us. If you find any accessories that you want to buy, especially now for holiday gifts, use the code gunfunny15, all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off all of the accessories in their web store. Tactic Talk, discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Today in Tactic Talk, FN joins the suppressor game. Have you noticed how many companies are starting to make their own suppressors now? Uh, yeah, we've actually got a design we're working on right now. But as far as as far as that goes, yes, like almost every. And also, I've seen even suppressor companies transitioning into other parts too. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I mean, even just recently at TrueCon, there was like so many companies that were like, "Yeah, and we now make suppressors," which is great. I'm not complaining about it. It actually, I mean, the more mainstream that they are and more available, I think it's you know better for gun owners and. It not only brings, you know, innovation and competition to the market, but also helps, you know, sort of the legislative perspective as well. But I did read before we go into the FN suppressor, I thought this was kind of interesting. So in 2010, there were only roughly about 
285,000 registered suppressor, but as of May of 2021, there were at least, I'd say it was close to 2.7 million on the NFA list, which is pretty incredible how much it's, you know, climbed since then. I think, well, without getting too far down the rabbit hole of NFA and all that stuff, but, you know, if the ATF could step up and process, I, I don't think the majority of people have an issue with paying the money. I, I think that's like the most irrelevant part of it. But I do think that the wait time and the fact that they're now on the NFA list has always played a huge sale. You know, we've been making suppressors for years and we've just had a hard time selling them. We mainly did them for just for law enforcement and didn't really market them at all. But, you know, it's always been kind of a harder sale to you know, your, your everyday person. So if there was some legislation passed, which I, you know, I would love to see it. I wouldn't hold my breath, mm-hmm. but if there was some past kind of removing that from NFA, that would be, that would take the market to a whole nother level. You know, mm-hmm. you would see the price of your average suppressor, you know, go from, let's say $800, probably down to in the $400 range because the amount of competition that would step up through that and that's just probably what you're going to see in the market in general as more of these bigger manufacturers do start coming in and making their own because at the end of the day you know and this is just being honest i could probably make the most amount of money on selling suppressors out of anything else that we make just because of the you know the amount of machining that goes into it versus the price they're Mm -hmm. they're sold yeah you know, so that's that's probably where a lot of this comes into play. If FN's doing it, I would almost venture to say there may be a contract coming up soon for suppressors because they seem to kind of have a little bit more inside, you know, insight on on what's going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say they might be doing it you know to test for a contract but you know it's it's hard to tell Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah most companies are starting to you know out with their own systems develop their own suppressors yeah fn also known as fabrique national herzl uh, announced their first suppressor on tuesday it's the rush 9 ti and it's designed to be the perfect companion for their fn 509 tactical line of pistols which is cool because it's always nice to see like a dedicated can for a pistol, but they'll obviously work with any half by 28 threaded barrel common to nine millimeter suppressor handguns that you'd see. It's made from a lightweight titanium hybrid. So it comes in at only 10.8 ounces without the piston and spring, which are included with the suppressor, which that is something that can be annoying as, you know, some cans don't come with the piston. The suppressor length is fixed at 7.3 inches and has a diameter of 1.375 inches, which allows us to work with the standard FN 509 tactical sights. The baffle stack is made from aircraft grade aluminum to save weight, while the tube is titanium for extra strength while still being lightweight. The blast and tulip baffles are high heat stainless steel for extra durability to withstand the worst of the blast out of the muzzle. It's designed for all ammo from like your budget, 115 grain, all the way up to 165 grain subsonic loads. 
It also breaks down for maintenance with the end cap tool included so that you can clean it. Evan says they designed it to eliminate most common complaints on suppressor performance like blowback and recoil reduction. So it'll be interesting how it compares to others. MSRP is $849 and it's available in black or FDE. We'll see. I'm sure I'll check that out when I go to SHOT Show. Caldwell. Caldwell has some of the most affordable steel. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's what I shot at when I was in Florida these past few days with Smith & Wesson and Gemtech. And they just, like I said, they make some of the most affordable steel. It's hardened AR 500 steel rated to withstand bullets at 3,000 feet per second with up to 3,500 foot pounds of energy. They come in a ton of different sizes right now, and they've got their big 13 inch octagon on sale for only $64. Pretty incredible. They also have several options to hang them, including the two by four hangers, the T-post hangers and straps. They're all range from anywhere from $22 to $25. Check it out. CaldwellShooting.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word. You're going to get 10% off your entire order. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment, Facebook post lands man in jail. With all the censorship happening these days, you might think this is an unjust case, but this time I'd say the guy probably sort of deserved it. The Rockdale County Sheriff's Department in Georgia recently made a Facebook post of the most wanted list for November. Christopher Spaulding was apparently offended that he didn't make their list and commented, how about me, from his personal Facebook account. The department responded on Thursday saying, you are correct. You have two warrants. We are on the way. Later on Thursday, Rockdale police shared an update with the picture of Spalding in a red Georgia hoodie and holiday hat with his hands cuffed behind his back. The 40-year-old had two outstanding warrants for felony violation of probation. Rockdale police commented, we appreciate you for your assistance in your capture on the post. After Spalding was arrested, Rockdale County Sheriff's Office reminded wanted fugitives that just because you're not on the most wanted list doesn't mean that they're not still looking for you. Our top 10 is compiled based off of the severity of the charges only. By not being on the list does not mean that our fugitives unit is not looking for you if you have an active warrant. I'm not sure what this guy was thinking when he commented, but wow. As they say, I mean, criminals are definitely not the smartest people out there, but I would say this one kind of tops most of it. I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't know. Most criminals probably wouldn't do this as stupid as I still think, you know, most of them are. (laughs) iTunes reviews. Dave the Hunter binge hearing. Is that a thing? Five stars. Up to episode 17 after six days. I really loved this one. Dave is awesome. Sean is growing on me, but don't get a big head, dude. The politicalization of all things is very sad and disheartening. You're really doing a great job. I have a few years to catch up on. May you be around long enough that I never catch up. Well, that's sweet. But it's funny because I always wondered, like, people who go back and listen to old episodes, they're probably, I mean, what the show is now versus what it was when it started. Like, I had a co-host and I don't have that co-host anymore. The show is definitely a little bit funnier. Like, we made prank calls, but I think that the show is 
a little bit better quality now. But I always wonder, like when people listen to, you know, the first, I don't know, I don't even actually know when I stopped having a co-host, but the first, let's say, 100 episodes versus, you know, the episodes now, it's definitely changed quite a bit. So this guy's been keeping me posted. He's been emailing me about his thoughts on every episode, which is kind of funny to hear because I'm, I forget about half the episodes because it was, you know, we're talking about almost five years ago. But I can't wait until he realizes like, well, I don't have a co-host and like what his thoughts are on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. The second is I'm my own bank teller now. Best gun related podcast so far, five stars. I'm new to podcasts and started listening after going through my music and audiobooks while on long drives for work. Found Ava right away when I searched for guns a few months ago and was hooked. Thanks. All right. So, Joe, out of those two, the first or the second, I want you to pick a lucky winner to win the prize pack. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with the first guy, you know, it sounds like he's been a, a dedicated fan for quite some time now. And I'd say, I'd yeah, say, you know, I think he's, him. I think he's already up to episode. He's in the nineties now, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Like to go, when he wrote this review, he's on episode 17. Now he's in the nineties. So yeah, he is definitely listening to every episode. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So Dave, the Hunter, when you finally hear this, contact me. And I will send you out a prize pack. And now it's time to wrap up. If you guys want to become a patron and support the show, I'd greatly appreciate it. You could do so by going to gunfunny.com and click on the support the show link. Blown deadline. He's giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky patron every month. Right now he's busy making out a bunch of AF lowers that a bunch of people bought with my logo on it. It's pretty cool. And that's available on his website if you guys are interested. And then also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, and Melissa Ridings. And then, of course, King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Joe, thank you so much for your time and everything that you do at Wolfpack Armory. You guys are going to be at SHOT Show, correct? Uh, yeah, we'll be there. We actually aren't having a booth set up this year. I'm supposed to be having a baby in March, so it's going to be a little hectic around that time. Oh. We will be heading out that way. So, yeah. Nice. Well, hopefully I'll get to meet you in person. Yep. Can you just remind listeners once again what your website is? Uh, yeah, it's just wolfpackarmory.com. Okay, awesome. All right, guys. Well, I will talk to you next week. And Joe, thanks again. And we're out of yep. here. Thanks for me. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.